The Foundations Podcast, November 6th, 2016. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the FC Podcast, the official auditory hangout for Foundations Church and official sponsor of the 3030 Olympic Games. I'm Bobby Ross, your host, and today is a lovely day. Before I figure out what to do with it, let me tell you about what's happening right now at Foundations Church. The two-man golf scramble is back. It's on the 19th, and if you're the kind of person who likes his eggs beaten, not poached, then this is the event for you. Sorry, I'm, I'm totally out of jokes for this one. Sign up in the lobby before or after service. It's $40 per person, and space is limited in this frying pan. <laughs> I guess I'm not. Also, worship night is that weekend as well, the evening of November 18th at 6.30 p.m. Come and join us for a night of celebration and worship to our creator and sustainer. It's way too easy to get really private about our faith, and joining together to express our devotion to Christ is a small thing that we can do to make our world much, much better. So without any further ado, I present to you man's smallest step and mankind's longest leap, Pastor Justin Graves. I'm Greg Fisher, our business administrator, yes. Um, so he is great for letting us torture him. So uh, Bobby Ross, awesome job on the videos, man. You're killing it, Bubba. Uh, he's doing great. Hey, uh, a couple of things. Um, at the very, don't, don't leave service early. We have about six people, five to six people taking the plunge this service alone. Um, that is gonna be awesome. Um, yes. And if you've never been to one of our plunge services, it is one of my absolute favorite things we do um, because I ask you to cheer like you cheered for the World Series if you were a Cubs fan, um, to just go absolutely nuts. In fact, uh, college students, today at the La Courses, um, we are going to be baptizing three college students from the ORU girls soccer team because they signed up to get baptized, but they ran into weather coming back from North Dakota that kept them from coming to church and they're like, we still want to make this happen. So I'm bringing a swimsuit to the LaCourse's house and we're going to jump in freezing cold water and make this extreme baptizing, I guess, um, at the LaCourse's house at the college thing. So if you want to get baptized, college students, bring your swim trunks and let's do this thing. Let's take the polar bear baptism plunge. Um, so uh, we are looking forward to it. I better have a hot tub on after that. Um, but Hey, today when you came in, you had this in your seat. Um, this is for you to take home. This is actually a racing bib. Um, you get these kind of things for when you get in a race and it's got your number. And today I want to talk to you about how are you running your race? How are you running your race? I haven't done a lot of races. I've done one race and I will do one race only, and it's the one I did. Uh, I did a half marathon several years ago, probably about four years ago, and in the process of getting ready, I, I, I got a lot of kickback or um, just pushback on saying that running is stupid a couple weeks ago, and that I don't understand people that like to just run to run. Um, and so, I, I, while I don't understand it, I won't call you stupid. Um, you're not stupid if you like to run, okay? Um, but I still think it's kind of crazy. But I remember getting ready for the race. Um, we're there. I had been training. I've been getting ready. And um, I kind of had my pace down. And I, 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 was, I was ready. And we got, if you've never done a race, I'm going to explain what I did not know. Nobody prepared me for this. When you get to like get ready to start, you are squished with other people like up right next to you. It's like if you're disembarking off a cruise ship and you're just like this. And I'm like, you can't, you can't run. And so I just like, you guys run because 
my time doesn't start until I cross the starting line. And so I, I let everybody go, and I, I saw everyone. I mean, I saw a lot of people. I knew that. I was like, oh, I didn't know you'd been training for a half marathon. They're like, oh, I haven't. I just decided to run. And I'm like, what? How you just decide you're going to run over 13 miles? I'm just going to go out and run 13 miles today. That, that's dumb. I just tell you, there's something wrong. You need, yeah, that's crazy. Um, but they were there, and I mean, they were like, woo, woo. And the thing hit. I mean, they took off. They were like, and I was like, I felt so slow. I mean, I had like people on little scooters passing me like, you know. Um, I was like, what is going on? And about four miles in, um, something interesting happened. All, well, not all, but a lot of people that had passed me were like walking or like throwing up. Like, you know, those donuts before weren't such a great idea. That's what everybody does pregame workout. Um, but uh, <clears throat> they, were, they were walking, they were throwing up, um, they were... <sighs> You know, just try, and I just, I just kept my pace. You know, it wasn't a fast pace. It wasn't a slow pace. I, my goal was to make it under two hours, and I made it in an hour and 55 minutes. I hit my goal, but, but something happened. I, I just kind of got in, when you, when you start running, I'm not a runner, but you kind of get into a zone in your second wind, and you just find your stride. Runners talk about you just got to find your stride. And I found my stride, and towards the end um, of the race, I was probably 100 yards away and I could see the finish line and it was downhill and I was like, I just put it on cruise control and I was putting it on coast and all of a sudden I hear this like gruesome noise behind me and I, 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 I hear, oh, like this and it is probably, I'm going to estimate a 75 year old man dead sprinting, ah, like this and he's just Go! I mean, he's go. He's got his New Balance on. He's like a CrossFit guy. Got the CrossFit socks and the headband. He's like ah! And so, what do I do? I speed up, right? But this guy's going full blaze. This boy can run at seventy-five years old, and he's go. I mean, ah! You know, and he's just like when he passes me, he looks at me like stares me down like. Should have seen how fast I ran in my 30s, you know. <laughs> and he just swings. So I'm, ha, ha. And we get there. And, and he knows. He knows I'm trying to. I'm, this is the first time I've ever told this story because I'm still embarrassed. We get across. The, he beats me across the finish line. And I am like, I just got beat by a 75-year-old man. I'm like 37 years old at this time in my life. And I'm like, this, 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 this didn't happen. This didn't happen. And we're both kind of sitting there and he goes, he looks at me and he goes, that was a good race, son. <laughs> now, let me tell you the pastoral thought that went through my, I was like, I want to, I'm going to displace your hip, bud. You know, I kick your hip and, uh, how's that cane, old man? How's that cane? If you're 75 years old, we still think you're young and we're glad you're at Foundations Church today. But, um, Here's the deal. I, I, put it in, I put it in cruise control, right? I just, I just started kind of running instead of running with purpose. I think that's where a lot of us, when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, what we do, I think that's what a lot of churches do. We just, we get together, but we're not running with a purpose. We're not running 
intentional. In Galatians chapter five, Paul starts talking about running a race and he says this, he says, I take every step with purpose. And here at Foundation Church, we have a race we want every single one of us to be engaging in and that we're running the race. And the question today is, how are you running your race? When you walk in in the lobby, there are our values. This is the race that we think God has called us to run. This is, this is what's on your running bib today is the race that we want every single person that calls Foundations Church home to be running. And here's the deal. You're not going to find 20 different things on this. We believe God has called us to do a few things really well and not try to do everything else that every church is doing or everybody else is doing or what's cool. We are going to do what God has called Foundation Church to do. And I've said this a lot. We're not going to be the Golden Corral of churches where there's all these different ministries and none of it's good. If you've ever been to Golden Corral, you go and they've got like every selection. They've got like shrimp parm and all this other stuff. And all it, I mean, really, none of it's honestly good. Some of you I'm making really mad right now. Um, I'm getting ready to redeem it. Um, but the only thing good, if you're to be real at Golden Corral, is the rolls. Come on, somebody. Ring that bell, Golden Corral. Ding, ding, ding. Ring it. Let me have some rolls. They're warm. I'm wiping the slobber off. Um, We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna be going corral church. Oh, we got a quilting ministry and we got, we, no, 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 no. We're gonna, we're gonna be Five Guys Burger. We're gonna do a few things and it's gonna fatten you up, but you're gonna be happy. You know, it, it's really great. You go to In-N-Out Burger. They don't have a bazillion things on the menu, but the things that they have on the menu, they do amazingly well, and that's what we want to do as Foundation Church. We want to run the race that God is calling us, and we want all of you to engage in the race with us. Our verse for today is found in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, and it says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off everything that slows us down. The distractions, the excuses, let us strip off everything that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, uh, trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let's not put it on cruise control. Let's not just coast. But man, let's, 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 can I tell you, anybody can start a race, but it doesn't matter how you start it or when you start it. It matters if you finish it. Can I tell you, it's the same way with your relationship with Jesus Christ. How did you finish? How did you finish this life being lived out? Because I want to finish it with running the race that God has set before me with endurance. And today, I want to, to map out the race that we want all of us to be engaging in, the five different values, the process that Foundations Church has that we want to see all of us engaging in. And the first thing is this, as a church, we have to be a place where the lost become found. We, we, we have to be a place where the lost are becoming found. Luke 19.10, I preach this verse 
all the time, but it says this, for the Son of Man came to find lost people and save them. Jesus' mission was to find lost people, not qualified people, not okay people, not, oh, you're pretty decent enough to be saved. He came to find lost people and save them. And when he says this, he's talking and he's referencing a man named Zacchaeus. The wee little man, the wee little man was he. And he was a hated wee little man. Nobody liked him. He was a tax collector. He was the scum of the earth. Even sinners didn't like him. I mean, they were just like, ah, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus. How, how, do you, how do you, Jesus, go to that type of person's house? That's what all the religious people were saying. All the religious people are mad at Jesus because he went to dinner and Zacchaeus invited all of his buddies, all my pals, me and all my pals, you know, hanging out with Jesus, the big J. What up? And they're mad. And he says, no, 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 you, you, got, you got it wrong. I didn't come to hang out with a bunch of church people. I didn't come out here to hang out with the religious. The reason, my mission, my purpose, the reason I came here was to find lost people and not just find them and say, you're lost. <laughs> right? That's what the church has been really good at. Oh, that group of people, they are lost. They're, they're, lo they're lost. They're lost. They're lost. You're like, stop pointing at me, Justin. <laughs> um, but to find lost people and save them. And we have to stay and we have to be a church where the lost are becoming found. And I, I got to tell you, this morning, this happened in a big way for me. I got here this morning, um, and my youngest daughter came with my father-in-law, and my father-in-law, Bob, started making the coffee early in the morning. Thanks, Bob, for making coffee and keeping everybody caffeinated this morning. Um, and she gets out, and she goes, Dad, there's a, there's a homeless man sleeping in front of one of the church doors. She goes, what are you going to do about it? I go, well, I'm going to invite him to church. She goes, what? And I go, yeah, invite him to church. And so I, I waited, and I went around and I opened the door and I scared the mess out of him. I mean, I opened the door and I tried to do it real. I didn't like, boom, you know, I was trying to like open it up and I said, I go, excuse me. I just got down on his level and he goes, ah, you know, and I was like, oh, he's like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. I go, hey, I just want to introduce myself. My name's Justin. Um, I'm the pastor here. And man, what's your name? He said, my name's Jimmy. I said, well, Jimmy, I go, you know, you need anything? He goes, well, I'm getting ready to go to my mom's house. And I go, well, Jimmy, I go, we would love to have you come to church. I go, I want to let you know something. You're welcome here. We want you here. He's like, well, I, I, I haven't showered. I could tell he hadn't showered. I, I'm not really dressed. I'm like, man, you should see our people. It's awesome. <laughs> it's true, right? That's what I love about Foundation Church. You come in your golf outfit. I don't care. Come flip-flops. Just come with clothes on. That's the only prerequisite. <laughs> you know, when I say that, we had a guy show up with no shirt on, and one of our guys took his shirt off and gave it to him so he could come into church. That's what we have to be, Foundation Church. That's it. It's not about people who have it together. It's about seeing lost people become found people. And I had a great teaching moment with my daughter. And I'm not telling you to do something that I'm not, I, I'm putting my money where my mouth is. I'm passionate about seeing the lost people become found. 
And it's easy to say, oh, we want to, but this, this becomes really messy really quick. We're all about the Great Commission until the Great Commission sits by our kids. And they say something, and you're like, so what'd you learn in church? Well, Johnny said the F word. And you're like, what? Not, not fun. <laughs> How are they going to know unless they're told? How are they going to spare its life change unless there's a church where they can experience it, Foundations Church? And we want to be a place where the lost can become found where his mission stays our mission. When we first bought this church, it was uh, called Bethany Lutheran Church, and we renovated the mess out of this place. Um, like every single thing you see has been renovated. And um, when, when I came in, I, I, I pulled into the church, and there was a sign there, and I was like, we are keeping that sign for the rest of Foundations Church's life. Um, I pull up, and this is a sign in their parking lot. And some of you have probably seen this. I was like, I think I might know the problem of why this church is closing. <laughs> and they made a sign to express their feelings. They just expressed what they were thinking. And many of us think that we just don't make a sign about it. And church can't be for church members. Church can't be for the church. Church can't, Foundations Church can't be for people who think like me, who agree like me, who vote like me on Tuesday. It's gotta be about people. It's gotta be, we have to be, we have to stay a place where the lost can become found. And, and here's what I would say. This is something that almost every single one of us, we agree with, right? We're like, yes, go running this race, and we get really excited about this, like those guys that started the race. But where we've missed it as a church is the next part of the race, is, is the second point, is the third point, is the fourth point, and yes, the fifth point, I said five points. And you're like, oh my goodness, it's gonna be two o'clock till we get out of here. We, 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 we're good at making converts, but God didn't call us just to make converts, did he? He called us to make disciples. In fact, it says this in, in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. Jesus' last instruction to his disciples is this. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And if we're not careful, church, we can be really great at making converts but not disciples. And this is, this is where we have dropped, I'll just be real honest, where we've dropped the ball. I can, I, can, I can be like, hey, this is where we got to beef up as Foundations Church. We got to start continuing to run the race with perseverance when it starts costing you something. Because the next step of the race of running it with endurance is this, is that growing equals changing. Right? Growing, growing equals changing. Everybody loves to talk about change, but nobody likes to change, do we? Oh, yeah, they need to change. But if somebody tells you you need to change, what are you talking about? I don't need to change. Nothing wrong with this. <laughs> but growing, <laughs> growing means it equals changing. In fact, when Jesus uh, uh, 
intervened with the woman who's caught in the act of adultery, not caught in like having adult, like in the act of adultery. And they, these religious people pull her out and they're getting ready to stone her. And they're like, the law of Moses says this woman should be stoned. And Jesus intervenes and says, all of you without a sin, you cast the first stone. And they all drop their stones and they walk away. And first, in John chapter eight, verse 10 through 11, it says this, then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Verse 11 says, no, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I. And we love this part of the story. But he didn't just say, neither do I. He says, now, go and sin no more. Change. Right? Change. Change. Be different. He didn't just say, hey, here's grace, here's your hall pass, here's your mercy, you know, just, just go and keep, keep screwing up and messing up and doing what, no, 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 no. He said, now go and don't do that anymore. Go and sin no more. And if you look at the New Testament, man, whether it was the man who was demon-possessed, who was cutting himself and living in the graveyard, man, if it was the disciples, if it was Zacchaeus, man, that when they encountered a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, change occurred, change happened. And here's what I would tell you, is that if your faith has not changed you, it has not saved you. That's strong right there. But I'm not talking about this from a denominate, because we're a non-denom church. I'm just telling you from a biblical standpoint, if it hasn't changed you, you haven't experienced the same Jesus Christ that I have experienced. Because nowhere in the Bible have I ever read where people experienced a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and they were not radically changed. It doesn't mean that you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you don't sin some or mess up some, but it does mean that there's growing that happens. Happens. And right after you experience Jesus Christ and you're lost and you become found, there's a change that happens. There's growing that occurs. And growing equals changing. Here's what the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, and don't be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed and progressively changed as you mature spiritually by the renewing of your mind. Focus on godly values and ethical values so that you may prove for yourselves what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Luke chapter three, verse eight, John the Baptist said this, prove by the way that you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. Not by what you say. The proof's in the living. The proof's in the pudding. Prove it by the way that you live. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away and behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings new life. If the new things haven't happened and occurred in your life, the old things haven't passed away then. I read a great book the other day that was talking about uh, 
where, where Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, so many times we feel like we have to do something, but Jesus' life-giving power wants to flow in you. All you have to do is just get out of the way. For some of us, we're still in our own way and we're refusing to change. And this is where we've dropped off. We're still doing the same things. We still have the same moral, ethical trip-ups that we're having. We still have the same addictions and there's not change that's occurring. There's no progress. There's got to be change that's occurring if we're growing. This is the second thing. The third thing is this, as we run our race, is that found people find people. Found people find people. The Bible says this in John chapter one, verse 40 through 46, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. And Andrew went to find his brother, Simon, and told him, we found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethesda and Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. And I want you to check this out because most of us think our, our interaction is gonna be like Andrew's interaction with people, right? We're like, oh yeah, I'd love to go to church with you. Why don't you come to a place? Because when we find the Messiah, we can't help but be excited that he has changed our life. And the natural reaction is for us to go out and be a found person who's finding other people and bringing them to a place where they can meet Jesus and become found. And, and we think, oh yeah, everybody's just gonna wanna go to church with me, right? And, and Philip's like, okay, it worked for Andrew, it's gonna work for me. And Philip says this to, to, to Nathaniel, and Nathaniel says, Nazareth, <laughs> exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Church, Ha! Church. I haven't heard of that church. Foundations? I haven't heard of Foundation Church. I've heard of all these other churches. What's wrong with yours? Why haven't I heard about it? That's so good. <laughs> right? Everybody says we're the best kept secret in Tulsa. I don't want to be a best kept secret. I want to be a found people that are finding people. And if you think everybody's going to be like, yeah, I'll come to church with you this week, you're wrong. But it's about being found people. And, and here's what, I love, I love Philip's response, come and see for yourself, Philip replied. If, if somebody asked me, hey, I, I'm coming through Tulsa, where do I need to go? I'll give you my favorite three things to eat in Tulsa that are not good for you. The first one is this, um, if you want sushi, go to Yokozuna and get the Nutty Thai Professor Roll. It is awesome, Jeremy White, it's good stuff. It's got peanut butter in it and you'll be like, no, I'm, not, I'm telling you, it's good. Just shut up and eat it. I'm telling you, it, trust your pastor on this, it's good. Uh, um, Second thing is this, if you want barbecue, go to Burnco. Get the ribs at Burnco, it's awesome. The third thing is this, go to Topeka. You don't even have to get coffee, just get the cinnamon roll. Have them warm that bad boy up. Oh, Jesus, 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 how sweet your name is. 
And you know why? I, I tell him all this stuff. We went to a good Mexican restaurant in Main Street Jinx called Cap- Capacinos. Um, and we were able to walk to the Friday night football game. And it was like really good. I was really surprised. And I was telling all my friends about it. Because when you find a place that's convenient too, you're like, oh man, you got to try this place out. Because I want other people to experience good things. And here's what I got convicted about is I'm telling all these people, and I'm just being transparent because that's the only way I know to be. Well, I'm telling all these people about Mexican food and Jesus is like, why are you more about being being a foodie than a follower of me. Why is it easier for you, Justin, to talk about food with people that don't go to church than it is to talk about finding me with people and where they can go to church? And I had no good answer. (laughs) And the honest truth is we have allowed the enemy And I'm not one of those, well, the devil made me do it. No, 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 you're just being stupid. But we have allowed the enemy to let Jesus become awkward. And we've kind of, some of us, we've gotten used to it. And I don't ever want to become used to this thing. I don't ever want to be used to amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I want to be like the woman at the well. When Jesus found her, man, she went around to the village and she was telling everybody because that's what found people do. She's like, man, come and meet somebody. Come to a place where you can meet somebody who told me about my whole life, everything that I did, and he's a Messiah and he's given me a second chance. And it said that Jesus hung around Samaria, which all the Jews didn't even like. He hung around a bunch of lost people for two days because this woman who had been shacking up and I think she's on her seventh husband she's a mess she became found and she went and found people and she brought them to a place of Jesus simply because she didn't get over that she was given a second chance and a third chance and there was grace and it was amazing and she was forgiven in church we can't get past grace being amazing we can't get over being forgiven of all that we've done and when we don't get over it the natural reaction is to be Philip and Andrew and the woman at the well and just say, man, I I didn't deserve it, but here's what I know. There's a place you can go to meet Jesus and he will change your life. We got to run that race with endurance. We got to run it with purpose. The fourth thing is this, is that we are better together. We're better together. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33 says this, don't be fooled by those who say such things for bad company corrupts good character. Now, anytime I read this, I hear the adults inside their head be like, oh, I hope my teenager listens to this. Charlie, I hope you're listening to this right now. Read that verse, reread it. Adults, that's not just true for teenagers. I used to always say when I was a youth pastor, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Adults, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. It's true. It's true. And I gotta tell you, we've been pushing this and pushing this to get involved in a small group because you can worship in in, in a crowd, but it's hard to do life with it. But do you realize Jesus belonged to a small group? He did. Noah was the first prepper, absolutely. Jesus belonged to a small group, and it was his disciples. Had 12 men, 12 guys that he hung out with and he did life with. 
And you and I, we were not created to do life on our own. We weren't. And you can say, well, I, I, just, I, I don't have time. The reality is you make time for what you want to make time for. That's just true. You, some of you say, well, I'm just I'm so tired on Sundays. Really? Shut up. <laughs> I, I, I'm up at six every Sunday morning. I preach two messages. I'm usually going to lunch afterwards, and I don't get home and be like, Casey, bring me a root beer and pizza. I'm vegging out for the rest of the day. Leave me alone. I'm tired. I go to our connect group at the Kunkels. Oh, I love it because I was not created to do life by myself. Are there times I'm tired and I want to stay home and be lazy? Well, sure. But you know what? Every time I go, I'm so thankful that I put the time and the effort to go because we're better together. And here's what the Bible says. Here's what Proverbs says in Proverbs 27, verse 17. It says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Who's sharpening you? Who's, who's helping you run this race with purpose? Do you, church, do you know we are a church of over 500 people now? We have 12 connect groups. That means if everybody showed up at a connect group, we would have almost 50 people. That's not a small group, folks. That's a church. We got to launch more connect groups. Some of you, you're called to launch a connect group and you haven't. Some of you, it's time for your connect group to split. Ah, oh, but I love everybody. They're my friends. But how do we make on-ramps for other people to have that same experience that you're having? Because growing equals changing. Even in our connect groups, we, we got to got to do life together because we're better together. Who's sharp? Because here's, here's what I know. I know this. A lot of us, we're not involved in the connect. We're not doing life together. We're not better together. We're just trying to do it on our own and you're not called to do it on your own. Run the race with purpose and endurance. The last thing is this. I just got through five, five points, by the way. Miracle just happened. <laughs> is it save people, serve people? I'm gonna make this fast. I'm closing with this, but it says this. <clears throat> Mark 10, verses 43 through 45, it says, but it, should be, it, but it should not be that way among you. Here's what's happening. Let me set this, this text up real quick. Uh, James and John, their mama, their mama boys, their mama just came up to Jesus and said, hey, um, Jesus, if it wouldn't be too big of a deal, can you let my son sit on your right hand and your left hand when you're in heaven? And she did it in front of the disciples. And John and James, I'm like, dude, that is such a weasel move. Um, you just had your mama ask Jesus to do you a favor. Like, she pulled a Beverly Goldberg, if you watch the Goldbergs. Um, like, she totally, like, hey, she, you know, and I'm like, so sure the disciples are mad. They're angry. And if I'm one of the disciples, I'm like, Jesus, we already know John's your favorite anyways. He doesn't need to sit on your right hand. He's always sitting by you anyways. And, and Jesus is like, hey, Everybody stop getting mad. It shouldn't be that way among you. Whoever wants to become great among you must serve the rest of you like a servant. Whoever wants to become the first among you must serve all of you like a slave. In the same way, the Son of Man did not come to be served, he came to serve. 
others and to give his life as a ransom for many people. Can I tell you, everyone can do something. Everybody can do something. And we've made it easy for you to, some of you are like, does this mean I have to serve in the children's ministry? No, it doesn't. I know Sammy would love that because we have a lot of needs there. And and here's why we push children's ministry and youth ministry, because these are some of the few things that we do that we want to do really well. And we're not just back there babysitting kids. We are pouring Jesus Christ into these kids because we want the next generation to love Jesus passionately, to be behind Jesus, to serve Jesus with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I don't know what you could do more with your time than do that that would be making a difference in the next generation. It's a huge deal, and that's why Sammy's passionate about it. But we've made it super easy for you to sign up, to get involved, to get plugged in to doing ministry, to be a saved person who's serving people. Some of you are like, well, I just don't know if I have that gifting. I don't know if I'm trained enough to do it. You don't have to be gifted to serve in this church. Congratulations. <laughs> but you, it's not that you have to serve. You get to serve. It's a, it's a whole mind frame. It's like when my girls got a dog and, and they were excited about cleaning the dog poop up when they first got the dog, right? But after a while, they were like, ah, pick up the poop again. The dog, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. No, you have a dog that you wanted. You get to pick up the poop. I still don't think it kind of came around for him, but, you know, I was just like, you get, and here's the deal, you get to do ministry. And I hear people say all the time, I don't have time, I just don't know if I can. Keaton Turnbow was here this Sunday morning. I don't know if he's still here in second service, but he was here first service. And Keaton Turnbow had a brain aneurysm about a month and a half ago. They had to life flight him to Dallas. They didn't know if, it, if he was even going to make it. Keaton Turnbow was here at first service, first service back, missing part of his skull, still going through therapy, still going through rehab, welcoming people, serving people. So what's your excuse? Dang, Justin, I didn't know you were going to do that. I didn't either until Keaton showed up. I was like, that will preach. (laughs) Really? If Keaton can do it, man, I think it should spur us on to run the race with endurance and purpose and to realize, man, anyone can do something. Let's be safe people who are serving people. Let's run the race, as Paul said, to win. Let's pray. Let's bow our heads. Lord, we love you. We thank you for today. And God, I just come before you. Man, I just ask that we would be the church you've called us to be. God, your word says in Ephesians that you haven't called the pastors to do all the work, but you, our job is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And I thank you for every single person in this place. I love what you're doing in Foundations Church. I love that every week we're seeing the the lost become found. 
that Lord found people are finding people, that there's growth happening, that people are doing life together. But God, I pray that we wouldn't just coast, that we wouldn't put it on cruise control. Man, we would step into the bigness of not just being foundation, but being your church. It's not about making foundations church. It's about making you, Jesus Christ, famous in this earth to the ends of it. And Lord, I pray that we would realize our ability to serve will greatly impact our ability to grow, our ability to be, uh, to stay a place that we're being, a place of found, where the lost can become found, where we're growing and we're changing and we're finding other people and we're doing life together and we're serving. God, that this is what you've called us to. This is becoming a fully uh, devoted follower of Jesus Christ. And God, I pray that this morning we would just reflect on where are we in the race. Where are we at? And where do we need to increase? And where do we need to pick it up because we've put it on cruise control? God, I pray that it wouldn't be a discouraging message, but it would be a message that challenges us to run the race with purpose and endurance that you have called us to so that we may finish it well. Lord, let us be the church that doesn't just have a vision, but sees that vision filled. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Believe, belong, become. Join us in our vision here at Foundations Church. Services are every Sunday at 9 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. and our youth service voltage is every Wednesday at 7 p.m. For more information, you can check us out online at foundationschurch.tv.